are living your story right now, in this moment. You know, no two stories are alike. We are all unique. We all have a different lens through which we see the world. We all have something to contribute, to share, to be. That uniqueness takes courage. It's not easy to stand in your truth. It's not easy to let yourself be vulnerable, to be really seen, to be really heard. So many of us hide. So many of us stay hidden. So many of us make the choice to step forward, to own who we are, to own our stories, to share our voice. The tide is turning. We're moving into a space of deeper vulnerability, courage, authenticity, and love. We're moving closer to greater self-love, self-acceptance, honesty, and empowerment. To get there, to get to that space, means we have to authentically share who we are. It means we have to authentically show up as our true selves. The magic is in sharing who you are. The magic is in sharing your story. That's where this series comes in. Own your voice. Love yourself. Stay true to your story. Dive deep into your vulnerability. Shine in your authenticity. Once you do, there's no stopping you. Stay honest. Stay brave. Stay true to who you are. Welcome to Seek the Joy Podcast, the power of storytelling. Hi, everyone. My name is Erica Hess, and I am an artist, advocate for the arts, and the creator of I Like Your Work podcast. When I reflect on my story, I realize we have different stories from different seasons of our lives. For me, right around 27, I went into what I think of as my second story. The story when you've made it past your early 20s and are rounding the corner past or possibly right smack into a quarter-life crisis. At 27, I had just graduated from grad school and honestly... That was as far as I had planned my life. I had come from a really small town in Ohio, gone to college, and leaving my home state to go to Boston for grad school was a huge accomplishment, but also really as far as I thought ahead. It was 2009, right after the market crash, and there were literally no jobs. So I decided to move to one of the most expensive places in the world, New York. Without a job or an idea of how I was going to get a job, I moved to Brooklyn. I was lucky that my partner at the time knew the area and we found a really great place to live. I was going to bizarre interviews like being a cigar girl in a steakhouse and I'm really embarrassed to admit this, bartending school, which never panned out for me. So my luck started to turn around and I found this cute little boutique kids art school to teach at. And then I started working as an artist assistant for some amazing artists in New York. And then I taught myself website design. Soon I was able to get my own studio and I should have been happy. I moved to the quote unquote art capital. I found a way to support myself. I had a great partner. I worked for wonderful women who were also connected. I even had a studio and time to paint. 
But the truth is I had major anxiety. Um, you know, my body ached, my head always hurt. I hated designing websites. Um, I was coping by drinking and partying way too much, um, at night. So yeah, I just found that I was really unhappy. So like a lot of super unhealthy people who are drinking and partying, I did what we do and I try to offset it by eating organic. Ha, right? Um, <laughs> so in our apartment, I had gotten into growing vegetables. So I decided to apply for a small grant to make a comic book that would illustrate organic container gardening. And I got it. I used the money to travel to Asheville, North Carolina to Woof. Woofing is the worldwide organization of organic farms. Basically, you can live and eat for free in exchange for working on the farm. The plan was to go to Asheville, work for a month or two, and then head westward or go back to New York City. In hindsight, this was my very unconventional escape route. I didn't know how I could leave New York. Where would I go? What would I do? I mean, here I was, art capital. What's next? I felt like I would have to to have a reason to go. And where would that reason really come from? So sadly, a week into working in Asheville, my uncle, who I was really close to, died. So I took a Greyhound bus all night to make it back so I could make it to his funeral. It was a really tough time for me. Um, it was a low point. I was crying a lot. I didn't want to go back to Woofing. I didn't want to go back to New York City, even though I felt like I should. And it was at this point where I really started to tune in to my intuition. It was like the universe was saying to me, just pause, sit for a second. Don't rush back to New York, back into what you were doing. Just sit. And the fact is I am not a sitter. <laughs> I am very much action oriented, which sounds great. But if you're constantly running, you know that you're going to completely exhaust yourself. So I sat. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I got a gig painting a mural. It covered all my living cloths. I was able to sit a bit longer. And then out of the blue, I get an email from my undergrad professor to apply to an amazing job at an art school. They were looking for someone to travel. Yes, what I wanted to do. And talk to art students. Yes, sign me up. And I knew I was supposed to apply to this job. So I did. And I get it. And I was psyched and I moved to a state without any friends or family. I'd never even stepped foot into this state while I loved my job. This is where the universe had brought me to sit, pause and confront fears. I had never dealt with because I'd always been so busy trying to make it in New York city. So busy trying to make paintings, so busy just trying to put all the pieces together that I didn't have that time to sit and reflect. So it was in this place of stillness of doing a lot of yoga and meditation that I confronted the fact that I wanted to have a family. And this was a really hard thing for me to wrap my brain around because of two reasons. I had to confront the taboo of artists don't have kids, which is totally untrue. And the biggest one, I had to actually make myself vulnerable by admitting this. I'm from a single mom and my dad was a really intense person who would swing between praise and literally disowning me. 
And it was through that that I had learned not to rely on my partners for anything. So by admitting I wanted a family, I would have to put myself out there and rely on someone else. And this was the biggest fear of mine. What if I rely on someone and they leave me like I've been left before? I worked on myself emotionally. I worked on my vulnerability. I worked on knowing myself and I ended up finding the perfect partner, but that was not overnight. I came to a point where I was able to have respect for myself and respect for the person I was dating to state where I stood. To not waffle back and forth. Oh, well, maybe this, that. No, stood in my truth. I wasn't going to try and fix someone else. I was not going to try to adapt to who they were. I stood in my own space and was true to who I am. I leaned on them, not in an unhealthy way, but in a way that led to closeness and security. I now have two wonderful kids. They're amazing. They've changed my life in so many ways that I didn't anticipate. The insecurity I had in my 20s has faded and has been replaced by a different form of being, which is joy and responsibility. I've entered my third story where there are new challenges and definitely new ways of being vulnerable. By sharing my story, I've realized a couple of things. First off, how amazing is it that we have so many stories? I mean, we have so many ups and so many downs, and it's beautiful that we get to have this human experience and have them. Secondly, how happy I am that I went through those really, really uncomfortable times of confronting fears, of being honest with myself, and that by wading through the instability, I now feel grounded. My dream is that when you go through a moment of instability, of not knowing what you're going to do, you know that you are not alone. Not only have others been there, but we all have a guiding sense to help us. I know you've tapped into this, even if it's just a little, because you are listening to this podcast. Please keep being vulnerable in a productive way and allow this to connect you with others. This is one reason I started the podcast, I Like Your Work, to connect with artists, to build community, and to create dialogue around our strengths and fears. Thank you so much for this time and space. I am so grateful to have been part of your day. Thank you for listening. Hi, this is Maritza Diaz with Little Giant Life. And here is my podcast submission. This story is for those who need or want to take a closer look, listen to your body, and for those who are striving to slow down. On January 23rd, 2017, I had a long-awaited surgery in the abdomen area. And for privacy's sake, I won't reveal exactly what it was or the specifics, but to say that this procedure prevented me from walking or doing any slight movement for a long period of time. And if you know me, I am a mover. I am a dance teacher, veteran of 20 years. I'm now a kids and yoga instructor. I've been a publicist in public relations for seven years. And I was worried if this would hinder me from doing what I so desperately love to do, and that is to move, to teach, to do yoga. Although it wasn't life-threatening, it was extremely scary. 
the hospital, I signed, basically signed my life away. The documents that were given to me stated that when I were to go under, there was no guarantee. If I were to lose any blood, there was no sure way of receiving blood transfusion free of any diseases. And this alone scared me. And for years, I avoided this surgery, but I knew I had to do it. And luckily, at the time, I was not so busy in my life. And so I chose to do the surgery. And gladly, as you can hear, I came out of it. After the surgery, I was in a fog, a very blissful fog. And as a highly active, do everything and take care of everyone kind of person, I relished and welcomed this quote unquote fog because for the first time I felt no need to think, strategize, brainstorm, or analyze or do anything. And if you know me well, or you'll start to get to know me well, you would know that I just don't stop. I'm always active in my life. Always. I have lived in three metropolitan cities. I have taught in several cities, studios. I'm always exercising, creating, networking, and of course, taking care of others. And I was told by my doctor not to do anything. No yoga, no teaching, no driving, no fitness whatsoever. Not even taking a long walk, which I loved to do. And at the time, I couldn't even bear to lift my legs into the bathtub to give you a glimpse of what I meant about not being able to move. My eating habits changed. I had to sleep on one side. I couldn't sleep on my back. And during this recuperation period, I was still in this deep fog. And come to know it, I loved it. I literally slowed down. However, in that period of time, I was experiencing deep and very strange emotions, more strange than probably ever. And at the time, I was second-guessing everything, and it became that the emotions started to have me remember past trauma or painful memories. And I kept wanting to talk about it with family and friends. Obsessively, I wanted to talk with my family and friends. And this ranged from any struggles at work, past love, family loss, anything or everything that had to brought me much trauma in my life, I started to remember or re-experience the emotions. And then a close friend of mine mentioned that I was going through, that could possibly be regression. And I researched and I realized that she was right. And then as the fog started to disappear, my analytical mind took over. And so it began. The why and the when, why I was feeling all these emotions. When was I going to be able to even take a walk or drive or do yoga or dance? And here's another surprising thought. I didn't care. I didn't care to move. I didn't care to take a long walk. I didn't care to teach. I didn't take, I didn't care to take yoga, teach yoga or do anything, anything of that matter. So I simply started to listen to my body. And as active as my body 
was and as active as I was as a dance teacher, as a performer, that was the first time in my life where I just decided I just wanted to stop. So I did. I stopped. I didn't analyze the situation. I didn't question it. I didn't move. I literally slowed down. And because I tuned into my body, because I closed my eyes and I listened, I just felt free. And then my heart took over, meaning that I just embraced it. I gave in. Instead of saying gave up, I gave in. And it felt absolutely wonderful. I listened to my body. I didn't move except for slow walks to my room, to the kitchen, to the bathroom. I listened to my doctor. I didn't do any big, crazy movements, no teaching, no taking classes. I didn't even drive. And it was about a month or so that I thought to take a walk. And I did take a walk in the park. And I remember as it was yesterday, I plugged in my headphones and I listened to music and I just looked around with all the nature surrounded me and I felt so blissfully happy. I think I walked about a mile and I was so happy. I was so, I felt success that I walked a mile. Mind you, it was probably more than a month or so that I haven't moved at all. And I was elated that I could walk. I felt no pain. But then I felt excited of wanting to do more. And around that time, I was given the green light to drive. But again, no yoga, no exercise. My doctor simply said, listen to your body and you'll know when the time is right. And during that time, I wasn't working and I felt no need to create, network, or move. Do any kind of movement in a dance form yoga lifestyle. I felt like the noisy world that I've come to know so well was just non-existent. And I noticed also that I took a very much less importance with electronics. I never checked my emails on the phone. I, never, I barely opened my laptop. I didn't peruse on social media. It was quiet and it was bliss. Now, it took about seven months for me to have the courage to do a backbend in yoga or a wheel pose. Seven months because I was so nervous. And now it's been more than a year since my surgery. And honestly, I do miss that time because that time for me was calm. And I took that time to observe myself and observe my surroundings. It's almost as if everything around me became much more brighter. I could hear better. I can see better. I, it's the strangest thing, but it was almost I came out of a fog. And not that I was never as present, but it goes to show you that at that moment, I probably wasn't as present. I appreciated just stopping, stopping running the rat race, stopping running the hamster wheel. And so I remember that time with fondness and what I hope that this goes, this message is for you is to slow down. I think most of us can agree that we live in a very digitally connected world, crazy world perhaps, and a surgery or any traumatic experience should not give us the opportunity to stop. It was a life lesson for me to learn to stop and slow down and experience 
the present moment to understand what it means to let go and to listen to my body. And from this experience, I've learned that I am stronger than I thought. And I do cherish the moments of slowing down, even so currently in my life. And when I say I'm stronger than I thought, this comes from a very humble place of self-appreciation, meaning it's not narcissistic to say the words, I am strong. It's worse to say, I am not enough. And I've also learned to truly get in tune with my body, meaning I listen to my body even more. If I have a backache, I'll stretch. If I need to take a walk after a long day of sitting down, I take a walk. If I need a massage, I'll book an appointment. Meaning I give my body the highest of priority because I have had a lifestyle, a life of being a dance teacher and a yoga teacher, a fitness instructor, and now health and wellness guide trainer that I want to be able to instill that in you. So when I say listen to your body, it's either to sleep or to tear up a dance floor. And I ask this for you to treat your body as if, well, if it was your best friend. And my biggest dream for everyone is to live in the present moment. That is my biggest wish for everyone to live in the present moment and take a step each and every day to make your dreams come true because they are possible. My vision is to grow myself through my company, Little Giant Life, by helping others through the mind, body, soul, and much more important, to give back, especially to children's causes. So my wish for you, the listener, is to slow down and be more present, observe, tune in, connect, and to know this, that you are worthy and you are a valuable person on this earth believe it with every fiber of your being and i wish you all a much healthy life through mind body and soul My name is Latifa Alhaza, and I consider myself a travel enthusiast. I am a freelance travel journalist, as well as I own a women's travel company. Uh, my love for travel came when I was very, very young. I have a father who is trying to reach every country in the world, so I have tagged along with him on trips since I was little as, much as, as often as I can, uh, missing school a lot <laughs> to travel with him. And it, it just kind of runs in my family. Um, I became extremely passionate about travel in my senior year of high school. I had to complete a capstone project in order to graduate. And I decided to travel to Tanzania um, to create a documentary about the school conditions there. And this was my first time traveling to a third world country. And by the way, the my third world countries are my favorite countries to travel to now. Um, but that really, that really, I mean, I love travel before then, but that really sparked my interest in travel. Um, it was just so interesting being able to travel to this country and see a completely different way of life than what I'm used to. You know, I, I grew up in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and originally I'm from Kuwait. 
both are pretty well-off countries. So seeing this other type of society was incredible to me. Just seeing how happy everyone was with what little what little items that they had, seeing how just the way of life and what, you know, what, what they didn't take for granted as opposed to, you know, in the States, what we do take for granted. It was just, it was a really cool experience. And I, and I went there to do a documentary. So it was also a cool experience being able to give a voice to some of these people and children that, um, didn't have the ability to, um, express their needs and wants. Um, and I think traveling is just great for everyone. Uh, it, it makes you become definitely a more open-minded person. Uh, I am accepting of so many of all differences. Um, and it ju- it makes you just a, a smarter person in general, you know? Like, if I am meeting with someone who literally just came, got off a plane from a different country and it's their first time in the U.S., I know I know how to handle the situation. I don't get frustrated when there's language barriers. I don't get frustrated when there's differences in opinions. Um, and I think that's what's really great about, about traveling the world. Even traveling within the U.S., even traveling within neighborhoods in your state, it, it's all beneficial. I have traveled a lot with my father, with my mother, with both of them, with my friends. I started traveling specifically with my mom. I mean, also when I was young, my first trip was when I was three months old, and I took that trip with my mother and my father. Um, it depends whoever wh- whoever was free, um, I would travel with them. And so I have traveled to now, I think, about 34 countries. And I would say probably my favorite destination, it's a hard one. I've loved everywhere I've traveled to, but the Galapagos Islands always sticks out in my mind. And I think that's just because it was such a beautiful place. So serene, so remote. Um, it. I went, I don't know, about like four or five years ago. And it, I was just, I, I felt like a local while I was there. Um, it wasn't built up. It wasn't really touristy. The animals, the nature, the water, oh, it was just gorgeous. Um, and traveling, oh, you know, traveling has such a huge impact on my life. It is my life. That's what I'm passionate about. Um, I have two degrees in journalism and I started out doing kind of more hard news journalism, some politics. And then I realized this wasn't what I was passionate about. This wasn't something that I really enjoyed writing and it wasn't something I enjoyed rewriting and editing. And it kind of just all clicked with me after my, after graduating from grad school, I had an internship with CNN Travel and then it all made sense. I started writing travel stories. I started writing really cool, like about cool things to do in a country, about about interesting people in a certain country. And then that's when I was like, this is what I love doing. Um, Traveling has such an impact on me. I mean, it definitely affects the lens that I see every single day. Um, I, I, I could go on and on about how much I really love traveling and how much I really think it really shapes a person and changes the mindset of a person for the better. Um, you know, if you just stay in your bubble, you don't know what's out there. You don't know. You're stuck in your with your own opinion. You're 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 not able to sympathize with others. You're not. You know, it's just it's a really great thing. Even if you can only travel once in your life, you should do it. 
And still, I mean, aside from traveling, you should still, you know, learn about other cultures and other countries. That helps as well. Traveling has really kind of shown me who I am. I'm definitely a more independent person because of that. Uh, I have a lot of friends that are unable to be alone and always need to be with someone and kind of get a lot of anxiety when they're not. And I'm not like that. And I, I think traveling for that, um, and not necessarily because I've traveled solo or anything, just in general, the traveling makes you an independent person. Even if you're traveling with someone, you have to be able to take care of yourself. You have to be able to figure out what's the next move, how to budget, how to, how to, how to stay safe, handle any type of situation that's thrown at you. Yeah, so it's made me realize I'm independent. It's also made me realize um, I love diversity. It's made me realize, like I mentioned earlier, it's made me a more open-minded person. It's also made me a more creative person. So traveling, not only am I a travel journalist, so traveling, you know, provides me with new stories to write about, but it, it also lets new ideas kind of form. And so I started a travel business with my mom, and this idea came from our trips and You know, our travel business, we have different, we have trips for women 40 and older, trips for women in their 20s and 30s, and mother-daughter trips. And that was all formed by meeting different people on our trips. We've met older women who are maybe widowed or divorced that they were so nervous to go on a trip alone. And so that kind of is what inspired us to to form these trips for women 40 and older who are maybe looking for a community of women to travel with. And, you know, we've also met people who they're so shocked that my mother and I travel together. So we thought this would be a great way to to form itineraries and trips for other uh, mothers and their daughters who maybe didn't think about traveling together or thought it was too stressful to come up with a trip together. And so we've done it for them. So and other than that, it's inspired me in so many different ways. You know, it's inspired the way I eat. I am not a picky eater. It's inspired the way I dress. Um, I'm so open to dressing in vibrant colors or in neutral colors, you know, depending on the countries I've traveled to. Um, so, it, yeah, and it's it's also made me an extrovert, I guess you could say, and very open to uh, meeting new people and new relationships. I have friends from literally all over the world. I, everywhere I travel to, I make a note to meet, to, you know, kind of, even if I'm traveling with someone, I make a note to not just, not just be chatting with the person I'm with, but to chat with the people around me and exchange information and kind of get to know them and, you know, stay connected with them. And I'm, I think I'm really good at staying connected with people that I meet when I'm traveling. Um, and it's just so cool. You know, I've met people who are architects and doctors and musicians and just really cool people. And it's awesome because now when I travel the world, I have I have people to see and I have places to stay and I have connections even business-wise. If I need help with finance, I have someone that I know. If I need help with literally coming up with a musical lyric, I have someone that I know that could help me with that. And, you know, connecting with minds that are from all different countries all around the world is so good because you can see different perspectives in life. And, you know, um, you know, in a different country, they think a different way about maybe a political stance or 
or even just products that are in our foods, you know? And it's so, so I gain a lot of knowledge from the interactions that I have when I'm traveling. I think connecting with women around the world has been incredible. And with my company, Femscape Sojourns, um, we make it a point to have at least one activity where we get together with local women who are making a difference in their community. And it's really neat. You know, we've met, even aside from our business, just when I'm traveling, when I'm traveling with my mom, we've met, we've met, you know, actually for my master's thesis, I traveled to Nicaragua and I met with women who were creating bracelets um, to send back to the States to be sold in schools. And the money was going towards their children so that they could fund their children going to school. Um, that's su- that was such an incredible experience. These were such strong and incredible women. And, you know, I've traveled to Morocco and met weavers who are weaving so that they could they can also help their children or help their families. We've met all different type types of women and women that are struggling in different ways or women that have overcome such obstacles in life. And they're all just su- such strong women. And it gives me so much confidence, so much positivity. It's been really great. You know, my mom and I were very close and we both have a passion for travel. And we both have a passion for helping other women. And that's kind of how we came up with the idea to start Femscape Sojourns and to to take women on trips with us around the world because we want other women to be able to also experience what we've experienced and have this passion and feel feel like traveling is impacting their lives in such a beneficial way. And so we decide that's why we decided to take this upon ourselves to form these itineraries, gather these groups of women, and just have a wonderful time abroad. Obviously, there's been there's been struggles. One, creating a business. It's, it's I mean, it's not just a piece of cake. There's work to it. So there's been struggles, and there's been struggles even aside from that with our travels. You know, you'd not everyone is the friendliest. Not every place is the safest. Not n- not everywhere is open to foreigners or open to new ideas and stuff. But that's, I mean, that's a part of the journey. That's a part of traveling. You just have to, you have to be prepared for that. You have to be used to that. I can't really emphasize enough how much traveling (laughs) brings me joy, I guess you could say, since this is Seek the Joy podcast. I can't think of something else I'd rather be doing than traveling. And I can't think of something else I'd rather be doing than helping other women see the world the way I see the world. Um, So yeah, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. This is Seek the Joy podcast, the power of storytelling. Join us, share your story. For more information and to get involved, visit seekthejoypodcast.com. This series airs the third week of every month and make sure to join us for Seek the Joy Tuesday. Until then, thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your bravery. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for being here. And thank you for listening.